Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Tuesday, June 6th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. Pierre Poilievre says the Conservatives will filibuster the budget if the government doesn't meet their conditions. We will continue to fight for these two demands. A plan to balance the budget to lower interest rates and inflation. And, and no new carbon tax hikes. And if the government does not meet these demands, we will use all procedural tools at our disposal to block the budget from passing. The Environment Minister accuses the Conservatives of being climate change deniers, as thousands of Canadians are displaced by raging fires. I have never heard Pierre Poliev talk about adapting for climate change. Why would he? He doesn't believe in it. His party doesn't believe in it. Members of this party are standing in the House of Commons to say that they don't believe in climate change. Why would they care anything about what what we need to do to help Canadians? So I, I, I'll stop there. And we're expecting testy exchanges as David Johnson faces a parliamentary committee later this morning. I feel very badly for Mr. Johnson. I think it's going to be a tough three hours. You know, he didn't have an easy time, as you and I saw at the, the press conference. It was tough, and he's had a, a rough couple of weeks, so I don't think today is going to be any easier. Joining us is Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Morning, Julie. So, now we will get to David Johnson, because he is going to be at that committee later on this morning. But believe it or not, there were other subjects on Parliament Hill yesterday. Do you believe it? <laughs> One of them, I guess, was... Uh, about the budget. Now, the budget was tabled back in March, but there's what's called the implementation bill to 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 kind of kick it off, to get it out the door, and that's called C-47. And Pierre Poliev basically wants to derail it. So what's going on there? Yeah, I was surprised by by the uh, a lot of things in Pierre Poliev's press conference. I guess maybe we shouldn't be surprised that the Conservatives are not going to help get the budget bill passed. And I think it is their way of saying, yes, maybe this this past season has been dominated by foreign interference, but we have our eye on the issues that are important to Canadians too, which is the cost of living. And you know, I think if you stopped anybody on the streets uh, today, they would not be saying that that the issue of foreign interference is top of mind. It's the cost of living. So I think this is. Um, Polyevs and the Conservatives' way of saying at fundamentally, our major concern with this government is the way it's managed the economy. So he has the two demands, um, both of which are he's not are not going to be met. Uh, one is uh balance the budget, which you know, or give us a date for balancing the budget. And the other one is roll back the scheduled increases to the carbon tax. And neither one of those things are going to happen. The government was very clear on that yesterday. So we're going to see uh, prolonged sittings, a whole bunch of procedural stuff, which will make a lot of people mad, but it will only make people mad here in Ottawa and the rest of the world will go on and not notice. So that's... Are you saying what we're talking about doesn't matter to people outside of Ottawa? Are you actually saying that? I am saying that parliamentary games don't matter to people. I think parliament matters to people a lot, but right. Think, so, uh, so you I, know, the the thing about the deficit, but he brings up the fact that the deficit right now is like forty billion dollars. So, I don't, you know, I like you say, I don't think he's saying let's wave a wand and get rid of it tomorrow. I think that I guess what you what you said also is that he wants a plan to reduce it, but that's never been their thing. 
No. And that's never been their thing. And I guess in one of the recent budgets, they did have like a little peek around the corner saying, hmm, maybe by such and such a year, it'll be down to that. But that vamoosed. So, on, and we're we're hearing too that this week that we may see another interest rate hike from the Bank of Canada, mm-hmm. even though the Bank of Canada had said that you know we're done with that now, which all goes to the point of you know it's very hard to predict the way the economy is going right now, and um, I think the government feels probably constrained by that. Yeah, and I mean he is bringing up points that resonate with Canadians. The more you spend, the more it affects inflation, the more you've got inflation, the more it affects your rents. Uh, If the interest rates go up to curb the inflation, what are you going to do about your mortgage? So he's kind of wrapping it all up in in this kind of argument with 900 amendments to the budget to stall it. Yeah, there's been a little bit of progress on that. I think they bundled some of the amendments, but um, basically I heard from a couple of MPs last night who are really frustrated by this because it just means, you know, um, rather than getting home for the summer and doing the things they like doing in their constituency offices, they're going to be sitting until midnight dealing with, um, you know, delaying tools and all that stuff in, in the commons. Right. So the liberals have said, you know, we're going to get this budget through. I think Mark Holland said, I don't care if they, ride their bicycles all around the lobby to oh, don't um, give them, don't give them don't any, give them any ideas exactly uh but what's a couple of things that people uh would want would want to see in this budget like what's what is what's what are the important facets of this budget well i i you know it's such a huge bill you know with 900 amendments and stuff yeah. too i'll give you the list that trudeau said uh yesterday he brought up tax credits for workmen uh workers and and their tools um uh, anti-flipping legislation for houses, you know, for right. you know, to protect the house prices and the Canada workers benefit. Right. So, um, you know, all the, the various measures, actual money in people's pockets is what the prime minister was saying. Is and, is- and including, I think, grocery rebate is in there as well. That's right. And there's yeah. a lot of things that yeah. were meant to kind of, at least in a small way, help people help people out. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, Move on, because he, as you mentioned, he also, Pierre Poilievre talked about eliminating the increases in the carbon tax. Uh, You can say whatever you want about the carbon tax, but some experts say it is actually something that works to dissuade people from polluting and coming up with new technologies and so on. And he's calling for the end of carbon tax increases in the middle of the biggest forest fires we've seen in a long time. We can even poke our noses out our doors here in Ottawa. And everybody's talking about how it smells like a campfire because we have forest fires about an hour away in in the Calabogie area. So how is this going over? I was thinking about that. I don't live far from where Pierre Polyev's house is. And it, if he's waking up this morning to the same site I am is yellow skies and um, and it does smell like a campfire out there. It's surreal, actually. Um, and I think. You caught the Liberals saying this yesterday when um, Polyev was asking and, and other um, MPs were asking about the carbon tax. You saw Stephen Gibault directly linking, I cannot believe, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, as Canada is on fire that we're talking yeah. about, and their, their word for it is uh, making pollution free again. Right. And the pollution they're talking about is in the skies over Ottawa today. 
So, um, yes, experts do say that, that it, uh, that it does work. It's a behavior. It's very hard to regulate people's behavior through, um, through spending as we've seen on smoking and taxes on alcohol and stuff. It doesn't, it's, it's not a, it's not absolutely perfect, but it's the best method they've got right now. The government believes, and it's that's what they're it's it's the at the base of their climate change plans. So, um, it, you saw things getting kind of heated yesterday in the Commons about this, but again, it's going to be heated in the Commons about all of this. I think, again, if we stop somebody on the street, uh, today in Ottawa or in any other place around Canada and Halifax or Calgary. They'd be saying, "Yeah, it, I'm a little bit worried about yes. why this guy's why the, the, sun, right. the sun is red." And the more Pierre Poliev pushes on this kill the carbon tax, the more he's going to get. Okay, well, what's your plan? And um, the thing is, we saw very in an interesting way just last week with Daniel Smith's victory in Alberta, uh, where there's been many, many, many forest fires. Um, you know, her plan is basically not to cap emissions, but to let emissions drop through uh, improvements in technology. So people voted in, yep. in a majority way for Daniel Smith. So Pierre Poliev, um, I guess he basically knows his carbon tax is unpopular for, for those who support him. So he's going to he's going to jump in with both feet. Yeah, you've heard them, uh, the liberals reminding and I, I was wondering about this yesterday. Uh, repeatedly reminding the Conservatives that they actually did go to Canadians with a plan, with a carbon tax plan of their own. And that, you know, as we saw in Alberta too, Danielle Smith and, and Rachel Notley weren't that far apart uh, on climate change. It is now, this isn't five years ago. We're not arguing whether we need a plan uh, to deal with climate change. We're certainly not arguing about climate change anymore. So um, whether anybody is going to be persuaded by, by what the, the liberals are saying is the conservatives said this once and now they've changed their minds. Again, that may be asking a bit too much of people, but that's, it was an interesting argument yesterday. Okay. Well, speaking of interesting, uh, David Johnson will be on the Hill today for three hours at the um, Procedure and House Affairs Committee at 10 o'clock. So later this morning, um, do you think there'll be a welcome wagon there for him? Oh yeah, balloons, bicycles, yeah, the whole thing. Um, yeah, I feel very badly for Mr. Johnson. I think it's going to be a tough three hours. You know, he didn't have an easy time, as you and I saw at the the press conference. It was, um, it was tough, and he's uh, he's had a, a rough couple of weeks. So I don't think today is going to be any easier. And I do think, you know, we may have talked about this so far. Um, the way he's been handling this, I would not call it optimal. You know, he has not let himself, given himself an easy out. I don't think he needed to do the public hearings. And he has said he's determined to do the public hearings. You mean the ones that are coming, not not a public inquiry that everybody's asking for. You're talking right. about the that's hearings right. that he intends to do in the near future. Yeah, That's right. Um, I'm not sure that that second part of his mandate needed to be under him. And uh, the other part of this was his press statement last week where he said, yeah, I understand Parliament has voted against me, but I answer to the government. And that blows up the whole argument of having a special rapporteur. 
You know, the whole rap against him has been that he's too close to the government. And he issued a news release to say, I answer to the government. Right. So um, apparently he's hired the Navigator firm in crisis communications. Right. Um, yeah, I wonder why. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. But um, so far, I'm, I, I'm not thinking that this has been handled all that well. Well, it's also interesting. Our our colleagues on the Hill, um, uh, Bob Fife and and Stephen Chase, who've obviously broken a lot of foreign interference stories, uh, they brought up an interesting story today about um, his legal counsel, Sheila Block, who mm-hmm. <clears throat> they have a story about how she. Uh, we we already know that she's been a big well a contributor to the Liberal Party and solely the Liberal Party. And now they have a story about how she went to kind of a private Zoom fundraiser that featured Justin Trudeau and Anita Anand. And um, so do you think that'll be more fodder? Yeah, we don't have long enough for me to get into my problem with stories about fundraising, because right. I, I, I think sometimes we we run into the real danger of demonizing fundraising. Right. Right. And um Anybody, you know, the the obvious lesson from this is if you ever want to work with government, never, ever donate at all. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that we want to go down that path to any political party. Um, That's been my that's my short rant about all this. But I do think uh, this doesn't help. Uh, Mary Dawson, the former ethics commissioner, I I think I want to echo what she said in in the (laughs) article is what a mess. What a mess. That was so unMary Dawson. That, Wasn't that it? comment. Yes. I, I've always thought of Mary Dawson as being so um so careful about everything. But yeah, I mean she she basically said, What a mess this has turned into. And uh, then I think she went on to say, you know, these are uh people that have obviously supported the Liberal Party and uh this will just add to the problem. I'm kind of paraphrasing, I can't find the quote, but it was so unMary Dawson. Very, very, yeah. She mentioned too uh, the ways in which she had worked with with uh, the former governor general that he was such a he was very assiduous about ethics rules. And she does say, too, to her credit, um, that or to Mr. Johnson's credit, she doesn't know that this is a a bona fide case of conflict of interest, right. but it is a mess. Like yeah, she says here, Johnson appointed her and they are friends. And I guess they all support the Liberal Party. It's all grist for the mill just to make the situation more unpleasant. Ah, well, all I can say is good luck, David Johnson, this morning, right? Three hours. Three, Three hours. hours. Exactly. Yeah, that's a long so time. We will be watching for sure. Yep. Yep. And um, so don't poke your nose out because it is it is like a campfire so stay put (laughs) stay stay and watch that david johnson uh, testimony later on this morning and uh have a great day susan i'll talk to you soon that's susan delacourt columnist for the toronto star the decision to transfer paul bernardo from a maximum security institution to a medium security institution is both shocking and incomprehensible Now let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Toronto Star, Rosie DeMano argues Paul Bernardo does not deserve any deliverance. She writes, there's something particularly repellent in the discovery that Paul Bernardo has been quietly moved from maximum security at Millhaven Penitentiary in Kingston to the medium security La Macasa Institution in the Laurentians. 
He is one step down from maximum security and one step up toward an eventual release date. Bernardo is asking for, and indeed has somewhat already secured, relief from the full consequences of his life sentence and dangerous offender status. He deserves not a smidge of deliverance. In the Globe and Mail, Louise Blais argues our blasé approach to intelligence makes Canada a choice target. She writes, our laissez-faire approach to the handling of sensitive information in this country can't be attributed to the party in power. This attitude is part of our identity and our culture as a nation. Accordingly, our bureaucracy reflects our sense of self, good-natured and optimistic about the world. We tend to see reality as we wished it were, rather than how it truly is. We are aspirational. This is part of what makes Canada so great, but unfortunately, it also makes us an easy target. And our default tendency is to ignore signs for as long as possible. Our naivete would be quaint if it was not so dangerous. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting, attend question period. Then he will meet with His Holiness Aram I, Catholicos of the Holy See of Cilicia. And then later this afternoon, he will attend the official portrait unveiling ceremony for the former Speaker of the House of Commons, the Honourable Gerald Regan. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will attend the Cabinet meeting, then question period. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will attend question period. He will also speak with reporters before hearing from David Johnson at the Procedure and House Affairs Committee. Immigration Minister Sean Fraser will be in Winnipeg for an immigration announcement and a special citizenship ceremony. The Senate Committee on Indigenous Peoples will hear from the Minister of Crown Indigenous Relations, Mark Miller. And Governor General Mary Simon will make an official visit to Manitoba. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, June 6th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.